This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Meadows from Top Step. Let me take a minute here at the start of the show and ask you a favor. If you love Limit Up but haven't given us a rating or review, please do that now. Seriously, we'll wait. It only takes a minute. Okay, thanks. Now, as we finalize our plans for season two of Limit Up, we're taking you back to a conversation that our host, Eddie Horn, had with longtime trader and coach here, John Hoagland. This was one of our earliest episodes, episode 15, where John talks about the rules that were passed down from trader to trader on the trading floor. We're talking about those best practices that stood the test of time. As John explains, traders would even write these rules down on trading cards and put them in their jackets so they could reference them during the trading day. If you've been looking for a tactical episode that you can immediately apply to your trading, then this is it. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the Fed. Oh, the Fed. Interest rates are a fickle beast. High interest rates take money out of the financial system as it encourages more savings and penalizes borrowers. Low interest rates stimulate borrowing and discourage savings. Getting that balance right is very tricky, and those decisions have short-term and long-term implications. As an example, equity futures once again moved to all-time highs early this week. Then they sold off after the Fed seemed to be less keen on lowering interest rates. Did it move markets? Absolutely, and in a big way. But it doesn't seem like it's a monumental shift in policy that could change up long-term trends, at least not yet. So yes, pay attention to the Fed, but let's not overread it and keep looking at the market as the leading indicator. So without further ado, let's get you on to this conversation between Top Steps Eddie Horn and John Hoagland. Hey, traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader, and this is Limit Up. It's where we talk with traders, market participants, and trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. Now, today, I've got a good friend, John Hoagland, with us here, a longtime floor trader, one of our performance coaches here at Top Step Trader. I'd like to say, John, how are you? I'm good, Eddie. How are you? Very nice. Honor to be here with you. It's always an honor. Good to have you here. Let me just talk about some of these markets here. Coming into 2018... All right. They've been talking a lot about the volatility and uh, the craziness here with uh, our markets. Now, we thought it'd be a good idea and a good time to do a special episode series where we talk about your cardinal rules of trading. Now, what are these cardinal rules of trading? Well, these cardinal rules of trading, um, I, I presented a couple of years ago when I was doing classes in the Squawk Radio Room uh, just about on a daily basis. But these are rules that uh, floor traders, traders have been keeping on old, dirty trading cards in their trading jackets for for many years. I've collected them from people that I've been learning from for for the years that I've been in the industry. And uh, they just kind of remind you of certain things that you that you really want to kind of keep in the front of your mind anytime you're engaging in, in trading. I think that they're, in large part, very useful, very poignant, especially in these markets when the things get, start getting a little bit volatile. It's really important to, to remember these rules. Now, let me ask you something. These cardinal rules were something that you collected when you were on the trading floor. Are these cardinal rules uh, viable to bring to electronic trading? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that they may even be more important because we don't have anybody sitting around us to remind us, hey, you know, you, you, you shouldn't do that. Or you don't have any friends in the pit that are that are maybe kind of keeping an eye out for when you may become emotional or start making rash decisions or jumping at things or getting opinionated as far as the market direction or, or position is. So I think they're, you know, as as important, if not more important now. All right, talking about lines of success, talking about these cardinal rules. Um, now, we're all human. You know, we've been in the business, I think, a combined 60 years. Something like that, yes. Something like that. Right. Now, I mean, there's been a lot of rules that they have been tattooed in my trading mind, always remembering things and so forth. But like I mentioned, you know, we're humans and we tend to sort of uh, veer off the path. If you do remember these, these are some of the rules that will keep you on path. Let me ask you before we get into these rules, veering off a path and uh, you do it, I do it, we all do it. Everybody has done it, some more than others. Mm -hmm. What's a good way before we get into these cardinal rules of trading, how to keep remembering these in your daily trades? Well, like the traders in the pit, like I do now, like I'm sure a lot of folks do, they have these rules written out in front of them. Uh, maybe on the wall on a piece of paper uh, just to keep reminding themselves because, you know, when things do get dicey, when there is volatility, when you start to get emotional, that's really when you start to, to really put yourself at risk of getting away from from these rules that, that, you know, you've established for yourself. I've established some for myself. Everybody should have these rules. And, you know, just having them handy to reread, read over and over again. I don't care if you've been doing this for, for two weeks or 20 years. It's that emotion. It's that pressure that takes you out of all of the plans of everything that you've been trying to do. You know, every, we all say it all the time. Mike Tyson said it best. Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the nose. <laughs> well, um, Sometimes we fall into that uh, boat called self-sabotage. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the best things to do is to try to get out of that boat is to try to remember these cardinal rules. Like we're always we're always falling off the trading wagon. And uh, best bet is uh, asking yourself that question. How do I get back on? How do I get back on? So cardinal rules of trading, John. It, we're going to be doing a, a, a series of these. You, how many total cardinal rules uh, do you have? I think there's about 16. Okay. All right. So we're going to break these down and hopefully help you, uh, our traders, our listeners here, uh, to get through some of these rules and to apply them to your daily trades. Now, John, what's the, what's the first one on the list? Well, the first of six that we're going to go over today is prices do not have to do anything. All right. Prices do not have to do anything. Please explain that. Okay. Standing in the pit next to somebody who has a, a big position on and he is telling himself over and over again, this market just has to go lower. It has to go lower. It has to go lower. It has to go lower. Well, standing next to enough of those guys watching the market continue to go against them and, you know, hurt them seriously financially. This was probably the number one rule that, that ended up on my card. Prices don't have to do anything. They don't have to go higher. They don't have to go lower. They don't even have to go anywhere, which isn't very likely in these markets these days. As we know, they've been very volatile and whippy. 
but it doesn't mean that anything that you're reading in the market indicates that any particular outcome must occur. All right. Now, since we're all electronic traders and uh, watching the markets as they are today, as they have been coming into 2018. Now, the question is, how can we apply these each and every day with the, I like to call them the rodeos. I mean, these markets are, unless you get in at the proper time mm -hmm. and the right side, and you're not looking for a big profit, you're looking for something that you can build on, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be okay. But a lot of these swings are stopping people out, putting uh, the wrong frame of mind for our traders. Markets are against me. And the, the worst thing about it is if you had a game plan, the market's going to rally and uh, you get stopped out on a break and all of a sudden that market takes off. Now we're talking about confidence and uh, trying to be positive about the day. Then that's what's going to take you off the path of concentration and focus. And uh, you, you know, the thing is, you might just sort of uh, do a little revenge trade like we do not recommend. Um, it's probably one of the worst things you can do or just try to get that money back. No, no, absolutely. Um, you know, you, that's that punch in the nose. And it's so important to be thinking you know, kind of ahead of the game. Uh, when I'm thinking, is, is price going to do this or is price going to do that? I have to set up a plan for whichever one seems to be working out. You know, if I'm, if I'm coming into a trading day and I, I'm thinking, okay, well, if the market does this, what am I going to do? If the market does this, what am I going to do? I am not saying that the prices are going to do that. I'm setting up how I'm going to respond to them. Right. So it's not a matter of thinking. It's a matter of reacting. Yeah. Having everything planned out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we do that a lot in just our daily lives is, you know, hey, if uh, this happens, I, I need to do this. If this happens, I need to do that. So basically planning out your day on your game plan for just reacting and not thinking, that's probably the best way to trade yeah. electronic. And understanding that prices don't have to do anything. They may do something that completely disorients you. All right. And be ready for that because it happens a lot. All right. One thing I just want to share with everybody, if you are a trader trading these markets, expect the unexpected. That's That'll keep, that'll keep your head above water. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Prices do not have anything to do, number one. What's number two, John? Uh, rule number two is, see rule number one, prices do not have to do anything. All right, so what you're doing is you're emphasizing that prices, the markets, don't have to do anything. And I don't know, you mentioned before about the big position trader next to you saying, come on, these markets got to break, they got to break, they got to break, they got to mm -hmm. break. I've been caught in that vacuum, mm -hmm. uh, you know, also. Yeah. And just getting hurt, getting hurt, getting hurt to the point where you're like, all right, you know what? I got to get out. But the smart trader would be getting out of that trade a lot sooner. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you have that bias, if you are so sure that the market is going to go one particular direction, that's when you start moving your stop. That's when you start expanding your risk. That's when you start succumbing to those feelings of, of even venom or sabotage. Like, you know, this is this, I'm, I'm just going to blow this up because I, I'm not happy with myself or happy with the market or whatever it is. You know, understanding that markets prices don't have to do anything. And rule number two is see rule number one always protect yourself. Always, always, always manage risk. Okay. Let's move on to number three learn to function in a tense, unstructured and unpredictable environment. John, explain that one. Well, all I have to do is say, let's look at the S&Ps or the equities last week. Unstructured, unpredictable, 
very tense. How are you going to be able to respond in that when you when you're just basically responding emotionally? Right. Well, you know that's why I mentioned the term rodeo. It's like you know you just get on, hold on, yeah, uh, best you can. Yeah, if you can hold on for eight seconds, you win. That's usually sometimes right, that's right. the case. Yeah. So you know these markets are they're they're ambiguous. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's all probabilities. So your structure is how you're going to find these probabilities where you're looking for trades that are close to possibly points of failure. And you're going to probably have to change a little bit of how you respond to those situations because, you know, those are high anxiety situations. When the market is near a very important inflection point, it's going to be, you know, sometimes tough to, to pull the trigger on that. Um, right. You know, it, you're going to have to learn to how to deal with that and stay using intuition and not impulse, okay? That tense, unstructured, unpredictable environment is going to create emotion. And if you are just blatantly responding to the emotion, if you're anything like me, Eddie, you're going to be responding the opposite way that you probably should. Your emotions tell you, hey, right. it may be time to do something, but not necessarily giving you the right direction. So okay. you may need to function in a way opposite to it, to what your emotions are telling you. Let me break this down. Learn to function in a tense, unstructured, and unpredictable environment. What's a good way to learn to function, a good way to prep yourself, a good way to get yourself ready for the unpredictability, the unstructured moves? Well, that kind of brings us to one of our next points, the journal, keeping a log of your trades and keeping a journal of how you respond in those types of situations, in a winning trade, in a losing trade, getting into an, a trade, getting out of a trade. If you can keep a, a very simple one-word journal through through all those trades, you're going to get a better understanding of how you're going to need to learn to function in that tense, unstructured, and unpredictable environment. I, I think that's what scares a lot of people regarding trading is that uh, <clears throat> markets can be very intense. Markets can make you very stressful. Markets can make you do things that you usually would not be doing. And uh, I think that's where a lot of us uh, catch the red and, and uh, we do see failure. But on top of that, a lot of us do learn from this. Mm -hmm. You know, like they say, once bitten, twice shy. I think that saying has to go very far here in trading because we've all experienced one or another one of the downfalls in trading. It's just a matter of how bad we experienced it. Do we remember it? What do we do to get out of it? How do we fix it? And you mentioned keep a journal. It's yeah. a good way to, uh, to go back and uh, see what, you know, you did. Absolutely. And it's part, you know, there's practice and there's purposeful practice. If you're not keeping track of your thoughts, emotions, things that, that are going on during your trades, you're missing a big part of the practice. Okay, we can all sit and stare at a, a screen for hours and hours and hours and hours and, and, you know, really kind of learn nothing. It's the time that we use during that that we can really start to understand ourselves better, therefore understand how we're going to respond in that unstructured, tense unpredictable environment. All right. Uh, John, for some of those that don't keep a journal, what's a, a good plan to start a journal, keep a journal, and utilize your journal? Okay. Your journal should be, in my opinion, purely enough to put you back in that trade at the end of the day. You don't need to, to write down, I bought it here, I sold it here. This was the signal. You can print that out of your platform. You can print out a trade log. If, you're, if you have 10 trades during the day, getting into the trade 
during the trade and getting out of the trade and even after the trade, start to take notes in single words or even hieroglyphs, changes in you mentally, physically, emotionally. If I'm in a trade and I notice my heart rate increasing, I just draw a heart. I don't have to write a book. All I have to do is write enough to put me back in that trade at the end of the day. And when I look at that trade, I say, this is trade number one. These is This is what I was feeling. Okay, I remember this. I'll actually kind of feel my way through that trade for 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. and, the, and then let it go. So I want to get myself in a comfort zone. I don't want to have myself in a fetal position in some corner somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you know, if you're in a fetal position, you're not in a position to learn anything. Not at all. Not at all. All right. So that was number four. Keep a journal. Number five, plan your trade, trade your plan. John, please explain that. We've all heard this. If you're going to be successful profitable, consistent in anything, you've got to have some sort of a some sort of a plan, some sort of a structure that you're putting over the marketplace with which to take trades in good trade locations. If your plan is telling you this is a good spot to take a trade, you take the trade. You only take the trades that you have planned for and you plan to take all of those trades. It's the only way if you don't do this consistently, you're never going to find out if your plan actually works. Now, now, John, you mentioned that too, and that's, that's something that I think we all need to take to heart and bring it to the table each day we trade. But sometimes you hear uh, traders saying, I couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't pull the trigger. And my next question is, uh, was that part of your game plan? Or did you want to put that trade there? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I, 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 didn't, I, I couldn't pull the trigger. Why do people do that? Hmm. Interesting. We were just talking about the journal and, um, you know, that, that, the idea for that journal isn't mine. It was given to me by a trading psychologist I worked with many years ago. And I fought him on it, but I finally did it. And I found out how important it really was. Um, when one of the patterns in me that it pointed out was the trades that had the highest probability for me were the ones that made me the most nervous. The ones that I thought were layups had a much lower probability of success. So when you say, you know, I've got this, this trade, it's part of my plan, but I couldn't pull the trigger. That's one of the things the journal can help you with is to say, if this is part of my plan and this trade's making me nervous, and I've noticed that this pattern in myself tells me the more nervous trades, the better the, 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 better the probability is, that's just going to click with me and I'm going to take that trade. I have to take the trades that make me nervous. The ones that I think are layups, I think, you know, there's, there's something I'm missing here. Something's not right because right. it just looks too easy. Right. And, you know, a vast percentage of the time, it doesn't work. All right. Think of it like this. If you got a trade, you got a game plan, market is coming to your levels, and uh, you've thought this out already, so you're just going to take an action. Not pulling the trigger is almost like getting bingo and not yelling bingo. Huh. <laughs> What's happening here? No bingo? Well, I've got bingo, but I, I, I think these people might get mad at me, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Something like that. Pull the right? trigger. Pull say it. it. Yeah. You know, put that well, trade in. And, you know, if you have a plan, you already have established a, a risk. You know what? Face the risk. You, you don't know. The trade may be a great trade. Right. Trust yourself. I mean, you, you got to look out for number one. You are number one, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to make sure that you're doing everything right. And I mentioned this probably in a lot of the podcasts, a lot of my broadcast is, you know, do your homework. Don't shortchange it. Don't half-ass it. It needs to be uh, a complete, structured direction. And and, uh, and a passion. you got to have the you gotta passion. you got to have passion for it. I tell you, people wouldn't be listening right now if they didn't have passion. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right, and uh, let's let's catch the last one. 
All right. Uh, number six, follow the signals, not the sense. Now, I, this is one of my favorite word plays that you put on there. Uh, break it down. Follow the signal, not the sense. What's this mean? Well, if you're chasing the dollars, if you're chasing the cents, you're not going to find them. No. Wh why do you say? I mean, the reason I'm trading is because I need the dollars. I need the cents. Mm -hmm. is, is, wouldn't that be my number one objective? Yeah. And that's why everybody's here is to make money. But it's kind of uh, one of the many paradoxes in trading is if you're chasing the money, it's going to be very elusive. It's, it's following the signals, following a process getting yourself into a good trading mentality and, and a strategy that's going to that's gonna help you. And a lot of folks I think have probably heard me that have been in the Squawk Radio room all of, you know, all for, through the many years. One of the best traders I ever, I ever knew was he started, you know, basically with nothing, started trading one lots, just basically scratching one lots. But within a few years, he was a really very successful trader. And, and I, you know, I said to him, you know, hey, how did you amass this amount of money so you're able to trade like that and he said you know what that's that's a flawed question and i said well, what you know what are you talking about you're here to make money he said yes when i came here I, my idea was to become a good trader it really didn't have anything to do with the money i knew that if i learned to make good trading decisions that the money would come and over time my trading decisions got better. My strategy got better. I got better mentally and physically. And instead of, you know, chasing the dollars, I learned how to make good trading decisions, asymmetric opportunities, looking for smaller risk and bigger rewards. The better I got at it, the more the money came. I view the money as a byproduct of being a good trader. So basically, for those looking for the pirate treasure, he wasn't looking for that, but he found the island that the treasure was on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in finding that island, eventually he got the, he got the treasure. He got the treasure. Yeah. Okay. All right, John. Well, John, I'd like to thank you very much for being with us. So great to having you back here again with the Cardinal Rules of Trading, uh, our first of a few series here. And uh, cool having you, man. Always a pleasure, Eddie. Traders, thanks for spending time with us. If you like this interview, check out our other conversations on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Also, it'd really help us out if you leave a rating or review. You can always provide us feedback at limitup at topsteptrader.com. John, take care, my friend. Thank you, Eddie. You have a great day. Everybody out there, trade well. We're looking forward to seeing you succeeding. Awesome. All right. Talk to everyone next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Editing and post-production of this episode was done by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.